All right, welcome back. Uh, the verdict here on 590 The Fan, 590thefan.com, taking you up to the top of the hour. There were some moves in Major League Baseball today. First of all, the Angels, um, two days ago, put six guys on waivers, which included several of their acquisitions at the deadline. Matt, um, Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, who were their big ones that they brought in, and also Randall Gritchick who they acquired back from the Rockies. You might recall that Grandel Grichick was an original draft pick of the Angels. They took him ahead of Mike Trout. Uh, but two days ago, they put Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Dominic Leon, the former Cardinals relief pitcher, Hunter Renfro, the former Brewer, and Randall Grichick all on waivers. So the Angels, who just you know have become an absolute uh, joke, they lose Shohei Otani with the torn UCL, uh, UCL. Mike Trout goes back on the injured list, and they have begun to tank. So they're done. So they put all these players on waivers. Well, sure enough, the Cleveland Guardians, formerly known as the Indians, uh, put a claim in on Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. So the Guardians, who just took two out of three from the Minnesota Twins, they're five games out in the American League Central. They just cut ties with Noah Syndergaard, who they brought in, remember, in a trade at the deadline with the Dodgers. They shipped uh, their shortstop, whose name is mistaking me right now, out to Los Angeles, and they brought in Noah Syndergaard. Well, Syndergaard was so bad, they cut him, and now they're putting in a claim on Giolito, Matt Moore, and Reynaldo Lopez. I'll tell you, I don't know if the Guardians can do it this late in the season when you're five games back and it is the end of August, that's going to be a tall order. But if there's a team that I'm actually rooting to get the job done, it is Cleveland. And mostly it's because I think this is the end of the run for Terry Francona. He was quoted as saying, I've come to a decision and I'm at peace with it over the weekend. And to me, that insinuates he's going to retire. I mean, Tito Francona's been doing this a long time. I can't imagine that he's thrilled with the lack of what his front office has done for him. I mean, Tito Francona has done more with nothing on that roster than anyone can say across Major League Baseball. I mean, you see all these power teams built. You see all these general managers that go out and equip their managers with robust talent. The same cannot be said for Cleveland. I think last year, Cleveland got into the playoffs and went to a Game 5 in the ALDS against the Yankees with the youngest roster in Major League Baseball. The youngest roster in Major League Baseball. And it's funny, we talked a lot yesterday about the whole Matt Stafford being unable to relate with clearly a bunch of immature losers with the Rams right now. That's been no problem for a guy like Francona. But I think Francona is just now looking at the game going, you know, I'm not having that much fun anymore. These guys, this brand of baseball doesn't quite do it for me. But the ownership's not doing it for me. And at some point, you get to a, you know, an age where you just go, I- I've kind of done it. I've excelled. I've succeeded. I've done a lot with little. And it's time for me to walk away from the game. And that's a shame. How old is Francona? Is he in his late 60s? Let me look him up real quick. Terry Francona, who could have been the Cardinals manager, mind you, when they decided to go with Mike Matheny. He's 64, Tito Francona. 
I hope if he is indeed retiring, that's not the end of Francona in terms of what he can give to the game. They should put him on a telecast, something. He's a character. They should keep him in the game uh, in some way, which I'm sure somebody will try. Three-time manager of the year, including last year with the with the uh, Guardians. He was also manager of the year in 13-16 and a two-time World Series champion. Unfortunately, that 4 team, Red Sox, beat the Cardinals and then 7 when the Red Sox beat the Rockies. But big fan of Francona. But the Guardians, you know, you never say never. They're not out of it. and They, they went from a seven-game deficit in the AL Central to a five-game deficit. And here's also why I think... They might have a shot. And why I would like them to come back and, and overtake the Twins. The Twins, sitting in first place in the American League Central, at the deadline, they did nothing. They play in a weak division, and they thought by other teams doing nothing in the American League Central, they could just stand pat and sort of back their way into the postseason and probably be an early exit. You're telling me that that, Minnesota team couldn't use a little offense? I mean, they've got some decent pitchers, but they couldn't go out and acquire a bat or two to give that lineup a little thump? Nah, we're pretty comfortable in our mediocrity of likely winning the American League Central. The other teams aren't going to do diddly, so why should we? That's a loser mentality. I actually feel bad for that Rocco Baldelli up there in Minnesota. I told you, he's a guy who called out his team, Minnesota, after they got ambushed by the Atlanta Braves, got outscored. They were embarrassed in a three-game set months ago against the Atlanta Braves, and he came out and just chastised them, undressed them up and down. And he can do it. Rocco Baldelli played in the big leagues very successfully. Had an unfortunate disorder that cost him his playing career, but at least he's back in the dugout, and he's doing a lot with a team that doesn't have a whole lot to give in Minnesota. But I still think the Guardians have a chance five games back. I'd have to look at the schedule and see how many times those teams go head-to-head over the next uh, four weeks before the season comes to an end. But you never say never. You never say never. Day baseball today in Detroit. Uh, Two bad teams. The Yankees and Tigers are tied up at three. That ball game now in the top of the 10th inning. So they play gimmick baseball there in Detroit with the ghost runner at second base. Always fun. Only three other games on the docket. Miami, who has quickly faded from contention, under 500 now at 66 and 67. Did not see that coming. I thought their pitching was going to give them an opportunity to get back in the playoffs. First year under Skip Schumacher. Kind of rooting for them. Hard team to dislike. I actually thought they made some nice moves getting Jake Berger at the deadline, but they have not done well. They've got Washington, uh, a team that is 62 and 72. That's unbelievable. For as bad as Washington is, they're only four games back of Miami, which was the talk of the town in the first half. They were one of the best surprises out of the gates. First two months of the year, Miami were world beaters. Cardinals got a strong dose of that in their first visit down to Miami, but then they start to saw see maybe some of the cracks in that team when Miami made the return visit to Bush Stadium uh, in July. And then you've got San Francisco and the Padres. Padres, severe disappointment. Can't believe 11 extra inning losses this year for the Friars. That is abysmal. 0-11. Getting walked off two games in a row at Bush Stadium. And the San Francisco Giants at 69-64. And And then in the nightcap, this is the series to watch going into the weekend. The L.A. Dodgers hosting the Atlanta Braves. I looked it up. The Dodgers... 
They are 24-4 and in the month of August. What they have done is unbelievable. They are suddenly now just four games behind the Atlanta Braves for the best record in the National League. And Atlanta's had a 20-win August as well. Now, they didn't have a great July. I think they went 13-10 and in the month of July, the Atlanta Braves did. But they've turned it right back on. Atlanta playing good baseball. That is going to be a series to watch, and it starts tonight in uh, Los Angeles. And they have, let's see, they're going with, you know what, I think I gave earlier on Kings Court the wrong pitching matchup. So I apologize for that. I said Urias versus Freed. That's tomorrow's matchup. The pitching matchup tonight is Lance Lynn, who's been very good for the Dodgers since coming over in a trade from the White Sox, and Spencer Strider. Strider, 15-4 and four this year. He has been lights out. Uh, but Lance Lynn pitching very good as he made his way to Los Angeles from Chicago at the deadline. Strider in the month of August, 4-1 and one with a 2.37 ERA. And over his last three starts, span of 21 innings, he's gone seven innings in each. He's only allowed seven hits and only one earned run. And he has struck out 25. ha, <laughs> ha. Strider is damn good. That is against the Mets and then back-to-back times against the Giants. So he'll be facing a little bit different lineup tonight with the L.A. Dodgers in town, or pardon me, in Los Angeles. But Strider has been great all season long. Lance Lynn, for what it's worth, since he has uh, joined the Dodgers, this guy's been terrific. His time with the L.A. Dodgers began uh, the 1st of August, and he's gone 4-0 with a 2.03 ERA and five starts. His last outing at Boston did give up 10 hits, but was able to limit the damage over six innings. And previously, he had been very good against Milwaukee and Colorado and the Padres. So Lance Lynn and Spencer Strider tonight in just a four-game slate for Major League Baseball. But I think all eyes tonight will be on college football. Here locally, you've got Lindenwood opening up at Hunter Stadium out in St. Charles. They'll be big favorites there against a Division Three program. So they'll likely get, I mean, they should. If they don't, that is definitely a problem. But they'll get out to a nice start. Mizzou, South Dakota, tonight 28.5-point favorites. But the two games that I'll be really keyed in on are Nebraska at Minnesota. Seven-point favorite there, Minnesota at home. And then on the road, Florida getting five points against the Utah Utes. What will transpire there? Utah, of course, finished the season extremely strong. That defense turned it on late. And how will it go against the Florida Gators in a revenge game for the Utah Utes uh, after a year ago going down to Gainesville losing that game? How will it go for them in Salt Lake City tonight? SEC team on the road getting points. That is something. Brandon Lang going with both of those teams. He's taking the points in Florida, and he's giving the points with Minnesota tonight. And then the the game over the weekend, really, that is going to be phenomenal. Florida State and LSU. It's kind of the game of the week, so to speak, for week one. But there are some other games littered in there. And as I've said all along, I am going to do something with that Toledo and Illinois game. Of course, you can hear that right here on 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. Illinois football all season long right here. Nine and a half point favorite against Toledo. I'm going to somehow get that line down. 
But I think Luke Luke Altmaier is going to come out with a bang, and Brett Bielema in um, the second year. I think it's going to get going. All right. We are out of time. That's going to do it. The verdict here. Had some fun. The Mizzou rules. We'll have some fun with that, I think, again tomorrow on King's Court. We'll break down all the college football action from tonight and look ahead to another fun weekend of baseball as the postseason race hits up, heats up. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. have to look far to see how Kuna Food Service has had a hand in preparing your favorite meals. In fact, Kuna is right in your neighborhood. Local restaurants and businesses of all sizes depend on Kuna Food Service for quality products and dedicated service every day. With over 100 years of experience,